John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Join late night legend John Stewart and the best news team for today's biggest headlines, exclusive extended interviews, and more. Now this is a second term we can all get behind. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Martha Stewart, and we're back with a new season of my podcast. This season will be even more revealing and more personal with more entrepreneurs, more live events, and more questions from you. I'm talking to my cosmetic dermatologist, Dr. Dan Belkin, about the secrets behind my skincare. Encore Jane about creating a billion-dollar startup. Walter Isaacson about the geniuses who change the world. Listen and subscribe to the Martha Stewart podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Vanessa Bayer, and this is my brother, Jonah. And we are so excited to have you hear the latest season of our nostalgia-themed podcast, How Did We Get Weird? Not only do you get to know me and my brother, you get to know the stories that made us the absolutely rad people we are today. Check out our episodes where we've welcomed hilarious guests like our friend Andy Samberg. That's it! That's really it! And Queen Casey Wilson. I really went cart before the horse. I said, I think I have an opportunity to interview in a as a high school student. And you do not want to miss out on our funny segments like Change.Dork. <laughs> Change.Dork. And congratulations, you played yourself. Congratulations, you played yourself. Listen to our podcast, How Did We Get Weird, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, this is Craig Ferguson letting you know that I am bringing the Fancy Rascal Tour to the South this weekend. August 4th at Gold Strike Casino Resort, Tunica Resorts, MS, just outside of Memphis. And August the 5th at Lauberge Casino and Hotel on Baton Rouge, Louisiana. For my tickets, go to my website, thecraigfergusonshow.com slash tour. My name is Craig Ferguson. This podcast is called Joy. It's not rocket science. I talk to people I like about their pursuit of happiness. Here's Gabriel Iglesias, one of the most successful comedians on earth. Enjoy. Okay, so I was watching your stadium special last night. I think you might be the only comedian I know who's ever done a stadium. Are you the only one that's done a stadium? No, uh, Kevin Hart did it. Uh, he did it in Philadelphia uh, a few years ago. And uh, I want to say Larry the Cable Guy did one for a special at, at a college. And uh, there's this uh, comedian, I forget his name. He's a German comic. Right. Who that's, who's the one? He's the guy that set, the, he's the, one that set that. the he set the record. Right. I know, right? German, German, wait, wait, German, and comedy. Are you comedy. sure he was a comedian? Was he Austrian? <laughs> and was it in Nuremberg? Because that's a completely different. It's, I was like, yeah, he had, every, everyone was having a great time. <laughs> well, they better have a good time. So the the actual uh, the Guinness Book of World Records biggest comedy show was set by a German uh, many years ago. Uh, yeah, I want to say it was sixty-seven thousand. You're after that record, aren't you? You know what? Go after. That w- that would be a great goal. Yeah, it would, I, be, it see, would be a great I, goal. I knew you were. See, I think when I watch you, because I'm a comedian as well. I've never played a stadium, but I like to think that I've got some chops a little bit. But I'm watching you, and this thing, this special, because I'm watching it last night, and I'm thinking you're playing this like it's 
like it's a club. Like I've never, you were just relaxed. It didn't look to me like you were like pumped or anything, which I think is amazing because I know what it's like to get up there and to feel the energy of a crowd and to try and fight against your own tendency to just run around and make a noise. You know, it's like, it was amazing to watch. Did you like, did you chant? Do you have a meditation process? <laughs> yeah, it's been a question like, uh, what's his routine offstage? Uh, believe it or not, I'm just usually having a conversation like this with somebody, either the tour manager or, or my buddy Martin or somebody who's right there next to me uh, offstage. We're just chit-chatting until the, either the intro video or, or the, the, you know, whoever is introducing me, introduces me. You know what I'm saying? And then you so just it, go? Yeah, so I just, I'm having a conversation. I, I know a lot of entertainers that like to get in the zone. They light incense. They have to drink something. They have to smoke something. They have to be in a corner. They got to, you know, and I'm, I'd rather just have a conversation and just take this. I find that just quite keep, interesting. keep going up there. That's almost weird, Gabriel. That's kind of like that because it's like when you know the thing in Silence of the Lambs, when, Which part? When, when Silence of the Lambs, when when they they're describing Hannibal Lecter and they said uh, he uh, they had the pulse meter on him and he bit off a nurse's ear and his pulse didn't change. That's when they knew he was like a he was so crazy that he didn't even get adrenal when he was doing it. Is that how crazy you are? You don't even get no. Adrenal? I I do get excited. It's just that for that one in particular, I, I just think that we were. It was a year in the making from the yeah. time that we planned it. And once it was there, it was just, you know, it felt very much like a homecoming. It felt like everybody there wants me to do good. I felt like it was a celebration of something bigger than me. You know, it wasn't like I was trying to go out there and kill it. It was like everyone knew what it took to be at that moment. And we were all just celebrating it. You are a very interesting comic to me as well, I think, because you have... No other comedian that I've spoken to has the level of goodwill that you have. Everybody loves you. There's no, there's like everybody oh, loves you. Oh, you can find haters. No. <laughs> well, I guess you can find them because you're a comedian. Do you go looking for them? Do you I scroll? don't go looking for them, but you know, I do read my own social media. Right. I, I run my own social media, so I'm looking at comments and stuff. And you know, I, you know people say, oh, you got to just brush it off, but it's, you know, or not pay attention. But I have to pay attention. That's what makes me me. Yeah. So, you know, but you know, every now and then there's there's someone who who does doesn't get, like what I do. Does it get to you? Does it ever get to you? Does it get you down? It makes me question, well, what is it that I'm doing? What is, you know, I've been in, in enough therapy sessions to be able to question myself now. Uh <laughs> Do you do you get do you get therapy? I mean, I've had a ton of therapy. I, I oh, mean, yeah, 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 yeah. I've done it for years and and no, I think that's it's a interesting great thing. because you come across and I think a lot of your audience think like he's just a guy. He's just a guy who says funny things, but there's no such thing as just a guy who says funny things in a stadium. That's not like a normal guy. You know, I mean, I know that you are normal in the sense that you're not crazy, but you are a little bit crazy because you're a stand-up comedian. A lot of it is is about, for me, I think, everyone I know, and I know a bunch of them, there's a kind of, there's an energy and a darkness that goes with it too, there right? Is. Yeah, definitely. You have to have something going on with you to to want to get up on stage and, yeah. and and get the laughs and and to make people smile and just you know there's there's something there. What do you think it is with you? Because I, I most people I talk to, and I don't want to lead the witness, but most people I talk to, I think it's 
it's in childhood somewhere. I was about to say, I've always been a, a big kid. I've always been the last to get chosen for activities. I've always been the, you know, the unpopular one, a chubby kid, messed up teeth. You know, I had acne. Chubby uh, and messed up teeth would just make you normal uh, you in know Scotland. What? <laughs> it's, it's, it's like you, your but career would be screwed the, if you were the, Scottish. All the things that, that you know, uh, kept me from being social because people would, you know, they, they, kids were cruel. You know, I mean, they, they bullying now is one thing, but back then they, they added a, it was physical too. Yeah. So, so there was just a, a lot of that, and and uh, I think that once I found comedy, comedy was the it was my hero, it was my savior, it's what protected me and kept me from feeling all those different. Was kinds it of a ways. conscious thing as a kid? Because I mean, it, it, of course, you hear comedians say it was. A, I used it to protect myself, and I and I did too. But but I didn't. I wasn't aware that I was doing that at the time. I was just like, you just do anything available to protect yourself, right? Comedy for me, def I definitely knew that that's what it was doing. Oh, and, really? And it made me want to do it more. And I loved it, too. I loved the attention. I loved the the thrill, the the, the butterflies that you would get right before you'd, you'd walk out on stage. When did you first start doing it? I was 10 years old. Uh, the first time I tried it. I did a school talent show. I was up on stage doing impressions because I didn't exactly know what comedy was. Yeah. Exactly. I had watched an Eddie Murphy special and probably not the Which not, one? No, it wouldn't be it, raw. It, it doesn't matter which one it is. <laughs> it probably yeah. it probably wasn't something that a ten year old should yeah. be watching. But uh I love the fact that he was doing the voices and the characters and that's what I was drawn to. I was drawn to the animated part of it, not so much the foul language or whatever else he was talking about. I was right. drawn to the the animated part. And I knew that I had this ability of of altering my voice and playing. Yeah. And so I got a chance to audition for a school talent show and they said, well, you know, what, what are you going to do? I said, well, I do, I do voices. And I didn't know what really, you know, how to do comedy, but I knew that I, I had seen enough uh, of a guy by the name of Rich Little way back in the day. Remember oh, him? Oh yeah. Impressionist. He did the White House correspondence yeah, yes. another year before was, I did it. He was, he was really, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I know exactly who you mean. Cause I, I was, I, have you done that yet? No. Uh, so you stay away from politics. I stay away from anything political. Well, I political. do too. I just, I, I mean, that's, I think that's the reason why they asked me. I mean, a big, I used to talk about it a little more than I do now. Uh -huh. I, I am like, now it's just crazy. Did you ever talk about it? In the beginning, I did when it wasn't so taboo, whereas now yeah. you sneeze the wrong way and people are like, oh, oh, it's like that. Yeah. You know? I mean, I, you talk about that. Was that in the, uh, it was in one of your specials, you talk about the trying to, somebody trying to blackmail you? That, like that, that fake. Yeah, but that's thing. all the time, though. I can't even say that that's a, a one and done. No. People are always like, you know, they, once you have a little bit of success or a lot of success, people want a, a piece of the pie. And so they'll they'll try to, you know. Hey, I got this photo of this, or hey, I, I I saw you doing that, or you know. Are you a party animal? Do you go? I'm out not and... a party animal. I'm 46 now. I just want <laughs> I just want to do my show and go and hang out with my dogs and grab a soda. I was more partying in in the in the 20s, you know, when I was when I was 20, yeah, uh, 20, 25. That was I was that was more so. You Did know? you ever get in, like I was shocking drunk when I was in my 20s? I had to get so. I, I would drink a lot. Yeah, I would drink a lot. Yeah. Did you did you get did it get out of hand for you? Yeah, think? I'm sure it did. Ah, uh, <laughs> see, I knew I liked you. <laughs> I'm sure there are photos, but you know what? It was a different time. I, uh, you know, it, I it was I a feel different that time. a little bit. I feel sorry for a lot of the youngsters today because I, I it, like if there were cell phones around when I was drinking, 
I mean, the the level of embarrassment and shame that they could... You you had time to prepare. If somebody was going to take a photo, it's like, oh, yeah. shoot, look at him. He's getting drunk. Hold on. And then... or, or the guy puts the, the black thing over his yeah. head and, you, and you're upside Hold down still. and you have to stay still. And then the flash goes off. Gotcha. So that darkness then that we oh were but told- to answer your question from earlier uh, oh, right, doing okay. the voices and the characters and yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. I went up on stage and I realized that I had something going there because that night when I went up there and I was doing impressions of Pee Wee Herman who at the time was you know he, he was still Pee Wee Herman oh that's uh, right Pee Wee Herman yeah. Ronald Reagan Popeye Mickey Mouse these were the characters I was doing when I was 10 years old right. and the crowd reacted to it and they're like wow look at him and I had yeah. a microphone and it was loud and I could actually hear myself. It was the first time I worked with the microphone. Even with me, I was like, oh, wow, I'm on to something. And then I did the talent show again the following year. And then I went seven years before I was in high school. I got in the speech team. And that's where I got the courage to get up in front of class. And I just started doing that every single day, getting up in front of the class until eventually I was just super comfortable in front of people. Did and then you, once, once I started doing school, you went to? I was, no, it was, it was, it was a shit school. Yeah, You know, I mean, I'm proud of, because I graduated from it, Long Beach Wilson, what's up? But there are many better schools, a lot better schools. But that's, that's you know. Was it a violent environment? During that time, yes. Yeah. Oh, there was always school fights and riots in the, you know, in the yeah. quad and stuff like that. It's a lot of, a lot of comedians I know, particularly of, of. I avoided them though. I yeah, wasn't well, in the sure. mix. Of, yeah. The school mosh pit. <laughs> but that, that I think, because I think of you as a. I mean, if you were a British comedian, I'd say you were a working class comedian. Do you know what I mean? It's like you're, a, you, I feel like you're, a, I mean, this is a compliment, by the way. This is a, you're like a blue collar guy. You're from a working class environment, even to the extent you still no, live. No, no silver spoon for sure. I right. was not, my mom and I, uh, it was just my mom and I, uh, no dad in the picture. Section 8 housing, public housing. We were on welfare, which is the wick of today. Yeah. Yeah. You think that's part of it? My wife has a theory that all stand up comedians have the same mother. Oh, she was, she was very strong, very strong, very loud, yeah. very opinionated. Did not think I was a good comedian. She didn't think I was funny, period. Yeah, see that? That's but, exactly but that, my, that's my mom. But I didn't need a fan. I needed a mom. Right, I get it. But it's it's an interesting thing because I think it take you take a personality of a kid. If you're like a chubby little kid who's afraid, because that's exactly what I was when I was a kid. I was afraid. And you start being funny and you don't even know you're funny, but you know that they're not hitting you if you can divert their attention, right? It is a kind of odd darkness. And then you get into drinking. Were you ever into drug taking? Did that no, ever? not really. Uh, yeah. I'm more of an Advil PM kind of guy. Right. Yeah. You didn't go for it because I always liked cocaine. I always thought was a good vitamin to help you drink more. I never I never thought it was a drug. I just thought it was like a drinker's vitamin, like a kind of like the way the kids use Red Bull it's, now. Yeah, it's dry, it's dry Red Bull. <laughs> <laughs> you never got into it though, because it, because there's a, I think particularly, you know, if you grew up in LA, LA has a real culture of, you know, you get drawn into all that as a young person. There was a lot of it around. There was a so lot of it around. So how did you avoid it? You know, what's crazy is that I always heard stories where, Big guys usually did not handle cocaine well. Right. It was always, you know what, if you're big and you do blow, then you're going to die. You're going to have yeah. a heart attack and die because big guys can't hang. And so I that, that alone was more than enough to keep me scared straight where I'm like, no, I'm big. I can't be doing that. I'll just, I'll have a drink. So you didn't have a self-destruct thing. It was just like, it was just like to get messed up, but it wasn't to destroy yourself. Right? No, but also too, I mean, I worked a lot. I really focused and I was so excited about doing stand-up where... 
that's what I wanted to do. It wasn't the party after that I was after. It was actually the stage. Yeah. So, you know, I was just trying like, okay, where can I find another stage? Where can I go up? You know, this is before social media. So you actually had to go and hang out with people. And like you're at Denny's at two, three o'clock in the morning with other comics. Some oh, are drunk, yeah, some are on that. something else. Some yeah. are just there to do exactly what you're there to do. Yeah. And you know, that was your social circle and you know, you kind of built off of that. You'd save, hey, can I get so-and-so's number? Can I call him? Do you know if he's booking? Where can I send a tape? You know, this is all stuff that you had to do back then. Dude, who so did there you was a lot, with a, lot of, a lot of homework. You wouldn't know any of these guys. Oh, yeah? They're, yeah. It was, it was a so when did you group. start? when did you start moving up, do you think? When did you start, start working for I was you? very fortunate that I caught lightning in a bottle really quick. So April 10th, 1997 is my first official start date where I called myself a comic. Right. Uh, I was in Long Beach, which is where I live now still. And, uh, yeah, I know because you like you drove here today in LA and it was raining, and I was like, I, I can't know. believe you didn't cancel. The, the fact that I would have canceled, I nearly canceled, <laughs> and I'm like five minutes from here. And I felt bad because I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm gonna be late. No, I'm, I'm still no. coming. See, but I'm gonna be late. I think that's a that's a working class. I sailed class. here. That's that's your mom did that. That's your mom did that. I sailed here. You have to get to that. You have to get there. If your mom was Scottish, that's you. You have to get there. Who do you think you are? Do you know Jay Leno told me this thing that. When he took over the Tonight Show, it used to say the Tonight Show as starring Johnny Carson. Mm -hmm. And then when he took over, it said the Tonight Show starring Jay Leno. And he told his mom and his mom said, oh, his mom was Scottish. She said, oh, the Tonight Show starring Jay Leno. Starring Jay Leno, is it? Who do you think you are? So he had to change it to the Tonight Show with Jay Leno. Because his mom. Because his mom. He was frightened of his mom. <laughs> she also, he was on the cover of Time magazine. And in Boston, where he was grew up, and his mom said, it's probably just the local Time magazine. He said, Mom, there isn't a local Time magazine. See, I think moms are of comedians are kind of like that. You know, they're kind of... They're the humblers. Yeah, they sure yeah, are. Yeah, there was no time where I could brag around my mom. It Is your mom always, still around? No, unfortunately not. She's been gone 10 years now, but I know that uh, anytime I say something out loud, that, that kind of like... Uh, I could hear my mom already, like, how she would have reacted to that. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I, I feel that it's from actually that. watching Oh, you. okay. Oh, look at you. Oh. That's oh, exactly what me. my mother did. Yeah. I oh, wonder, because you. you're you're quite open. Well, I say that. I don't know if you're open. You talk about your family in your act. Uh, you talk about your son uh, in your act. Now, whenever I talked about my kids... They don't like it, man. They they stop me doing it. They're like, nope, that's not. That's okay. where I'm at right now. Oh, really? Is, yeah. it, is he saying it to you? You got to stop it. It took a minute. He he didn't say I have to stop, but he he made it clear that he didn't appreciate it, and I didn't want to keep doing it if it was going to bother him because I don't want the resentment and yeah. want him getting you know. For me, I just saw it as my form of parenting because I'm like, you know, before shaming was a thing. Yeah. That's how you parent. You you make fun of them. You embarrass them. You embarrass your kids so that they wouldn't do it. And I figured embarrassing them was better than spanking them. Yeah, you know, sure. It's better yeah. than yelling at them. Hey, look, I'm just going to make you feel stupid. And hopefully you don't do that again. Well, it's quite an interesting thing because doing that now, like people, because I, I agree with you. It's like somebody makes you feel dumb about doing something, you're less likely to do it again. Mm -hmm. And if it's done from a loving position, then that's fine. But I think the problem that, I don't know, I think people are having with the younger generation right now is maybe that, they don't handle any kind of contrary opinion very well. I don't think it's anything to do with woke. I think decent people have always been decent people. But I think the idea of 
you know, I should have a hassle-free life. You go, really? Have you ever been on the 405? Because there's no <laughs> such thing as a hassle-free life. It's like you're going to get hassled. It's just one of those things. I mean, you should get trained for it a little bit. What age is your boy now? 25. Yeah, it's time to stop. He'll hit you if you don't stop. He's, yeah. yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> so when he was growing up, now you were you were with his mom? Yes. I got him when he was seven. Uh, so he's, he's a stepson? Yes. Okay. Uh, my mom would call him aftermarket. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I Listen, I, I don't hold with that. I think love is love and family is family. And I don't buy into that kind of half-brother, step-sister, all that. It's like... It's just, it's a, it's a way of kind of fine-tuning the description, right. but that's all it is. But my mom was pretty hardcore and set against me having any type of relationship with anyone that already had a, what did she call it? She said, oh, that girl you're dating, she has a pre-existing condition. I go, mom, it's, I go, it's not a medical thing. She's got a kid. What's the big deal? You know? She goes, you need to have one of your own. And I'm like, mom, it's fine. That's an interesting thing that your mom, did your mom ever come around to it? Was she all right in the end? She, you know what? She was not really. She was just cool. Like, okay, fine. But she wasn't going out of her way to be like, hey, come here. Hey, let me, you know. Yeah. It, it was more so just like, all right, he's here. Cool. Hello. You That's know what I mean? It was. That's interesting. That's and and ex- trying to get my mom to change, that was that was a, a mission in itself. And I think just, again, we're, we're in that time now where now we're that person. Yeah. And now it's like, okay. So she, I mean, she lived long enough to see you get very successful, yes. though, right? So, which must have kind of freaked her out a little bit, you think? Uh, I don't know. I honestly don't know because, uh, I mean, I was working so much and she didn't exactly like watch me on, on television or anything like that. She knew I was always working because, you know, we would talk daily. Right. Like, where are you at now? Where are you at now? When are you coming home? I'm hungry. Take me to eat. So she wanted to know when, when I was, I was like, go and pick her up and take her to eat and, and tell her about my week and stuff like that. But I don't think that she knew that it was going to get to where it is now. It's pretty, you know, in I the, mean, in the last not ten, many you know, people go to where you are now, though. I mean, it, it's kind of like stratospheric at this point. The Craig Ferguson Fancy Rascal stand-up tour resumes this summer. For tickets, go to thecraigfergusonshow.com slash tour. See you on the road. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip, who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Bublé's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everything everybody, including sitting presidents. So join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before, tell it like it is, and even sing a song or two. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Attention all you 20-somethings out there. Are you tired of pretending like you have it all figured out? Well, guess what? You're not alone. Get ready to embrace the chaos with the premiere of the fourth season of Crying in Public. Join me, your host, Sydney Winter, as I take the mic solo for the very first time. 
I'm here to share the good, the bad, and the downright awkward of navigating this crazy thing we call girlhood. Consider this your go-to guide for surviving your 20s with style and grace. Well, for the most part. From dissecting mysteries of modern dating to surviving and thriving in a daily grind of adulting, crying in public covers it all and then some. So grab your headphones, we're about to get real, raw, and a little ridiculous. And let's face it, life's too short to pretend like we've got it all together. It's time to embrace the chaos. So don't miss out on the laughs, the tears, and the inevitable existential crisis. Listen to the new season of Crying in Public on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's Chelsea Handler, and if you listen to my podcast, Dear Chelsea, you know that I love making space for women to share their stories. And that is why I'm excited to be part of Women Take the Mic, iHeartRadio's celebration of women who make music, influence change, and create culture. All month long, your favorite voices from talk radio, music, and podcasting will highlight the remarkable achievements made by women and discuss the most significant issues facing us today. Search Women Take the Mic to listen to a collection of International Women's Day episodes from iHeart's top podcasts, including Angela Yee's Lip Service, The Psychology of Your 20s, and Dear Chelsea. It is a great way to support women and discover your new favorite show. Listen to Women Take the Mic on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Where do you see it going comedically? I mean, there is, I talked to you about the idea of going after that German guy's record for the, the biggest comedian show ever, and, and maybe that, but is that is that it? Or are you happy, are you still happy playing, you know, a club with 200 people in it? I'm very happy with being able to, like, shoot, I was at the uh, Funny Bone in Columbus, Ohio this past weekend, and the room seats maybe 250, 300, and I was having a great time. I loved it. It's, it's You're right there with the people, but don't get me wrong. I, I love being goal-driven, so having something to, you know, work towards, uh, how can you outdo yourself because you know a lot of times i think that people get into the comp, you know competition of oh what's that guy doing what's that guy doing what's that guy doing whereas i find myself like all right how can i outdo what i did last time right. versus trying to figure out oh this person's doing this this person's doing that that's why it's like uh people kept saying you should do a podcast but i'm like that's not me though or you should yeah, uh, it's you should be either, you should do this you, kind of show you got ah, it uh, you know. yeah i think it goes with your driver's licenses if you want to have a you know, or get avoid getting audited by the tax man or something. You have to do it. You have to do a podcast. You know, but as far as what's the next goal, uh, I think it would be awesome because uh, honestly, I contemplated retiring at Dodger Stadium. I thought no. about retiring because of the fact that I'm like, can I outdo this? Is this the biggest thing I'm ever going to do? And if it is, what better way to, hey, thank you. Good night. Yeah, you I know? don't I don't think you should do that. Look, I'm not a therapist, but I think that would be a bad idea. I for think you. I would I miss think- it. I think not only miss you'd it miss much. it, I think it would turn on you. I think that I mean, look, I you don't I don't have to be an expert in the human condition to watch you do stand up and go, that guy has got demons. That's the only way you get up there. <laughs> you don't get up there just ah, he's just a guy who goes it's to Red Lobster. <laughs> he goes to Red Lobster with his kid and they have a nice time. You go, yeah, he does do that, but you know, there you know, there's gotta be some dark in that fuel. There's gotta be some I think it would turn on you. The thing I think, I'm going to say something to you. This is not by way of advice, but it's an observation. I spent a long time, I was talking to some guys earlier about this. I worked with Mick Jagger for a little while, writing a screenplay. And so I was on tour with the Rolling Stones, and I watched Keith Richards. 
Keith Richards is just as happy with the Rolling Stones being that band as he would be if he was in a shit band playing in a pub in North London. As long as he's playing the guitar, he doesn't really care. Nothing else really matters. And I think you have a little bit of that. That mm. as long as you're doing the show, like you say, you know, you just you just like to get up there. You want to get up there. You know, I think if you were not doing that, I think it would it would come get you. I think you'd find a way to to get, <laughs> to get nasty. It would. It, something would happen. Yeah. I guess with me, the the problem is, is that I'm afraid of all the work that I've put in over these years because this is year 26 now for me. And I'd I'd be afraid of of like getting to a certain point and then because it's not every day you could say you saw your peak, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't know if this is the peak. I don't know if it is. I mean, it's the highest point I've reached so far. Right. But is it all about professionalism? Are there ambitions personally? Would you like to sail around the world? Would you like to, you know, get ripped and climb Mount Everest? Is is there are there other goals outside of performance? Outside of performance, I mean, I've done a lot of traveling, been a lot of places, seen a lot of things. Yeah, but, uh, but I bet only, you were always doing a show. No, it was always around a show. Right. I've never taken a vacation just to take a vacation. Yeah. And that, that blows people away, too, that, you know. No, I get it. I, I understand. do not go anywhere. Like, right. for me, I don't see a vacation as a vacation. That's, I'm doing all the things I don't like doing about comedy without the comedy. Yeah. So what? I got to get on a plane. I got to go to the airport. I got to get on some shuttle bus. I got to check into a hotel. I got to uh, worry about bed bugs. I got to worry about, you know, what's... Yeah, you're you all know, of that and uh, you don't get Is paid. there somewhere to eat? <laughs> uh, what, you know, what's going to be the situation once we get there? How are you flying in airplanes? I'm fine. Um yeah, I, I, I usually, uh, we fly private. Right. We fly private, but mostly it's for my dogs. I travel with my dogs. And so, you know, they keep me happy. It's my two chihuahuas. They go anywhere. They go everywhere. But yeah, I, I usually fly with them. And uh, if they're not going with me, I'll fly commercial. Right. But you don't have any like fear of flying thing or no. anything like that. That's interesting. Because no, no, I, no. I, I feel like I want to try and find out what's kind of making you tech. And I think you kind of, you're eluding me. Not on purpose. I just can't put my finger on it, which I think is fantastic. Oh, nice. <laughs> no, I, I think that's, I think it's great. I mean, the, he's gonna, the, I'm gonna break him down. I'm gonna break him down no, right I, now. I don't feel it's broken fluffy. down. I feel kind of, I'm quite intrigued by it because I think you're a very singular human being. I think that you must be very strong emotionally. Are you, do you think? You said boundaries all, with other people. I think people. it all depends. Setting boundaries, I think it's, the boundaries are only as good as the person who you're trying to set them with. Really? People, you sure? People, because I, I think some people like need stricter kind of information. You could tell them, but yeah. I think a lot of times people are just going to do whatever they want to do. And then, right. so you got to be selective about who you surround yourself with. And you're careful? I try to be, but there's some people that have, I guess, been grandfathered in because they've been around so long and yeah. you, just, you just know like, ah, don't talk about this around this person. Don't bring up that. <laughs> and, and, you know, that, uh, see that? start the stopwatch. That's an age thing, I think, because I've got that too. Because like young people, is like if they don't agree, they're not friends. I'm like, hey, you. I'm like, I have friends who are like awful. I mean, but what am I going to do? It's my friend, you know. It's like, you know, that guy's a racist. I go, he is. He's a terrible racist. But he, what am I going to do? He's my friend. It's like that thing, like Meghan Markle and Prince Harry said, "There's a racist in the royal family." And I'm like, no, yeah. 
It's a it's a family. If you don't know who the racist is in your family, it's because it's you. No, you're the racist. You're the yeah. It, it's it's crazy. It's like grandpa's going to make a speech. No, he is not going to make a speech. He's no. I mean, do you find because you're Mexican heritage, right? Yes. Have you encountered? I don't know. Have you encountered prejudice from any angle because of that? Do you think? You know. I, Yes, but I think a lot of times it's like, am I overthinking it? Am I am I looking into it more? Am I am I looking for it? Versus, uh, is there something that's clearly like, am I clearly being held back or being uh, challenged or being, you know, made to feel less than? Because I mean, I, we've gone to some places where, you know, stereotypically it would not go well, right? And and it does. And I think that, for example, there's been some shows that we've done where. I'm doing meet and greets afterwards and there's people coming up and they've got Confederate flags on the t-shirts and the okay. tattoos. And yeah. you could tell that, you know, <laughs> they might've said a, a, a racial slur or two in their day. Yeah. But, uh, for some reason around me, it's weird to like, you know, you think you're going to get one thing and then it's like, you know, uh, I'll have people say things like, um, we were eating at a at a Mexican restaurant before we came to see you because we knew we were coming to see you. So we we wanted to go eat some tacos and, and drink some Mexican soda before we came to see you. And and part of me wants to go. What the, what the hell does that even mean? But it's like when you hear what they're saying, it's like they're trying to find a way to connect and be close, even yeah. though the way that they're saying what they're saying is just like, are you come on? And so you want to get offended, but you realize sometimes sometimes people don't know any better. Right. They have the best of intentions, but they don't know how to convey it. And so you're like, all right, okay. Or I'll get people, hola, I'm a big fan of yours. Oh, you know, I want to be your amigo. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, Ugh. like, okay, you you are a fan, clearly, but your approach is just it's I like, can I can very much relate. Mm. People people come up to me and go, Oh Shrek Farty Donkey, all right? Oh, yeah, see? I was like, why? Uh, don't, really? Please don't do that. <laughs> You're making me feel weird. It's like I don't know Shrek. I, all right, I do know Shrek, but I I don't we don't get along, all right? Do you speak Spanish? <laughs> yes, I do. Do you do gigs in Mexico? I recently performed in Mexico, but I don't perform in Spanish. All right. Uh, it loses a lot in the translation. And then depending on what part of Latin America you're in, you're in you know, the slang, it, it's it's very different. Right. Are you interested in it? Because, you know, uh, Eddie Izzard is a friend of mine. And Eddie, she performs in lots of different languages. Like, Eddie will go to France and not even speak French and then learn the act phonetically. And then perform it as as an experiment. That's incredible. Yeah, it's crazy, right? But I think you have a little bit of that in the sense of because you work with the sound, like uh, the amount of voices you do in a show is crazy. Like the the different, like you can do my voice. I heard you do it in that sitcom that you did for Netflix. You did a Scottish accent, and I went, "That's actually not bad." And nobody <laughs> can do a Scottish accent, and you can do it. And I think you have that phonetic thing, doesn't it? Uh, I think you should try a, a gig in Spanish. I, you know what I've I've done? Uh, I've performed in Spanish for mm, 15, 20 minutes. Right. And so I, in my head, I, I translated it and trying to, you know, like, all right, here we go. Right. And it went okay. You know, I've I've uh, opened up for uh, Mexican Spanish speaking comics. We did. The, right. We actually did, made it a challenge where I opened up for a comic by the name of Franco Escamilla, who's massive in in Spanish. Right. And I challenged him. All right, now you got to open for me. 15 minutes in English. 
Did he do and it? We, yeah, we both did, and we both agreed that we should never do that again. <laughs> <laughs> it was a horrible idea. <laughs> Mala idea. No, I think, I don't know, man. I'd have loved to have seen it. It was, it, you know, it was it was cool to say that we tried it, and uh, I'm like, okay. Because the show that I, I opened for him in Mexico City at the arena, he was taping a Netflix special, and I went right. out there, and it was just like, wow. Like, it was, because I was really, I had to really think about what I was saying. Right. And that was messing with me. And yeah. then I, I had him open for me at Staples Center when it was still Staples Center. And uh, again, he was back there and he's just sweating bullets and, you know, he's talking to me and he's like, oh my God, you know, oh my goodness. <laughs> That's how it was. But the fact that Eddie can do that, I think it's incredible. I know, incredible. It's, but I think it's, it's something to do with maybe a musician's brain. Are you a musician? My whole family, they're all singers, songwriters, and, you know, uh, priests. It's the weirdest combination of No, people. that to me is like, that's the recipe for a stand-up. A priest and a musician mixed together. That's, that's on my on my father's side. It's it's priest. There's priest and mariachis. So no, no, wait a singers. minute. If, if there's a priest on your, I know. <laughs> I, see, is there a problem? <laughs> that's why I usually just say mariachi and kind of just and whatever everybody else do. They're just you know they they're spiritual. <laughs> right. So that is so there's there's the spiritual side. And are you a musician though? Do you play anything? No, I don't. No, see, I'll get drunk and do karaoke, and that's the extent of it. You still get drunk? Yeah. Good yeah, for yeah. you. Good yeah. for you. It doesn't get in the way? Of what? I don't know. Life. I mean, for me, I can't get drunk or I'm like, it, things get arresty or I just hate myself. You know, uh, I, mean, I hate, I the, I hate the next years. day when you're dealing with a hangover or if you have a flight or if you have to be functional. Right. That's when it's like, oh. Yeah. For me, that, that next day is kind of about three months. <laughs> so I, I remember being on the road. Uh, having a good time and then, you know, no big deal. Wake up the next morning, uh, yeah, go to the airport, that. you know, yeah. it was all good. And then, you know, as soon as I hit 40, that stopped. <laughs> now, Do you worry about health? Because you're a big guy. Do you worry I, about it? Yes. And and back to that question about setting goals and stuff like yeah. that, you know, traveling or whatever it is. Yeah. My, my goal has always been, you know, if I could just, you know, do this would be to lose weight. I'd be lying right. if I if I didn't say that the, the really weight loss hard. thing. It's really hard. I mean, I I struggle with it, and I really do. I I struggle with it all the time, and I get crazy about it sometimes. How do you approach it, the, trying to lose weight? Well, clearly I haven't. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. You look like you dropped <laughs> well, some. From I mean, it. I, this is not my heaviest. I was actually uh, from right now. I, I've been. I was a hundred pounds heavier. Uh, yeah, oh, I filled in the couch. That's um, crazy. Well, congratulations that was, that, on that. That's an incredible feat. There was a point in time where comedian, rest in peace, Ralphie May and I were very close. I remember in, Ralphie. In yeah, he we was were very lovely. close. But yeah, uh, during COVID, I had an opportunity to get a trainer, uh, and then I, uh, I'm diabetic, so I went to go see a, a doctor, and uh, I got put on some, you know, good medication to right. control that, and that helped out. So that automatically, without even really, you know, having to do much, the weight just started coming off. Because Plus, of, I wasn't eating out every night. Yeah, because of COVID. Because we were home. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Cook. That Did sucks. you get it? Did you get COVID? Yes, I got COVID one time. I yeah. know people that got it four, which I think is insane. I've had it twice. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, well, not counting now, because I, I feel like I might. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> like, uh, no, 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 no. no I, I feel a bit monkey poxy, but I'm okay COVID-wise. I'm fine. I've just been done, checked. It's fine. I don't know. I mean, do you want to drop more? I do. And not so much for like, uh, oh, I want to look better, but I, I'd rather, you know, I'm coming up on the age now where it's like, yeah, I might want to start. Yeah, you know? no, you you got to think about it for sure. So it's a, it's that, a thing. That's that's more so the thing. Like, okay, I just, you know, to feel better. Right. So what do you do about it? Do you fast? Do you 
like on Gwyneth Paltrow's Bowen Soup or something. Nice. <laughs> I haven't done anything yet to to make that change. I think I got to get it right here first, and then I can do it. Yeah. Uh, because hard. I don't want to just start and then be like, ah, all right, that didn't work out, and then just feel like I I failed. I think for goal oriented people like you. I think weight loss is even harder because you try and make a goal for it. And people say, make a goal, make a goal. And I, I don't I don't see it like that. I think it should be like, it's today. Today is the goal. I get so, a lot of people that say, oh, it's it's it's, it's, it's a lifestyle change. Yeah, I, It's I a change know, of lifestyle. Like, is it a diet or am I, you know, what, a, what do you mean lifestyle? No, it's just today. <laughs> it's like, you know what? Am I going to have a candy bar now or not? All right, I won't have it now. That's it. That's all. That, I mean, that's why I had to do to stop drinking. Because the idea, even now, I haven't had a drink in 31 years, but the idea of not ever drinking again, I, I'm not prepared to, to make that commitment. You know, I just like, I, I'm not going to have one today. Uh, and that is very it. impressive because I'm sure you've been put in a lot of situations where the alcohol was right in front of you. I live in like, Scotland, man. Well, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's yeah, like you, you live in window. Red Lobster. You open the window. It's, <laughs> it's like, it's right there. There you go, buddy. Yeah, right, you'll have something to drink. No, I don't want it. No, come on. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip, who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get Our Way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Buble's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everything everybody including sitting presidents so join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before tell it like it is and even sing a song or two this is our podcast and we're going to do it our way listen to our way on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts attention all you 20 somethings out there are you tired of pretending like you have it all figured out? Well, guess what? You're not alone. Get ready to embrace the chaos with the premiere of the fourth season of Crying in Public. Join me, your host, Sydney Winter, as I take the mic solo for the very first time. I'm here to share the good, the bad, and the downright awkward of navigating this crazy thing we call girlhood. Consider this your go-to guide for surviving your 20s with style and grace. Well, for the most part. From dissecting mysteries of modern dating to surviving and thriving in a daily grind of adulting, crying in public covers it all. And then some. So grab your headphones, we're about to get real, raw, and a little ridiculous. And let's face it, life's too short to pretend like we've got it all together. It's time to embrace the chaos. So don't miss out on the laughs, the tears, and the inevitable existential crisis. Listen to the new season of Crying in Public on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's Chelsea Handler, and if you listen to my podcast, Dear Chelsea, you know that I love making space for women to share their stories. And that is why I'm excited to be part of Women Take the Mic, iHeartRadio's celebration of women who make music, influence change, and create culture. All month long, your favorite voices from talk radio, music, and podcasting will highlight the remarkable achievements made by women and discuss the most significant issues facing us today. 
Search Women Take the Mic to listen to a collection of International Women's Day episodes from iHeart's top podcasts, including Angela Yee's Lip Service, The Psychology of Your 20s, and Dear Chelsea. It is a great way to support women and discover your new favorite show. Listen to Women Take the Mic on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Have you ever played Scotland? No, I haven't. But actually, uh, I will be playing it very soon. Really? Yes. Uh, it'll be the first time. I know I'm doing uh, the UK. I'm doing London, and I'm going to be doing Glasgow, Edinburgh. It will be one of those. It's going to be one of them. Yeah. I know it's coming up. It may be both. It may be both. I know it's coming up. I want to come see you. I want to come see you in front of a Scottish crowd. They'll eat you up. They'll love you. You. you Kill over there. I've heard of all the festivals and all the comedy shows that have happened there, and I'm just like, how have I not gone? Well, I think because you were successful enough, you didn't have to. I mean, the, the the Edinburgh Festival is about, really for a lot of people, it's about getting started. You know, so if you're doing well in the United States, you don't, it wouldn't be on your radar. Like if you were if you were an up-and-coming comic in the UK. But it would be it more so like to just get my foot in the door and, and at least, you know, like, all right, you know. Uh, for example, like with Montreal. Montreal was always Yeah, like, the Just for know, Last Festival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you've done that, right? Yes, multiple times. Right. And so it's like, you know, even now where it's like, ah, I don't have to, but I like going because then I can catch up with a lot of comics I haven't seen in a That's, long time. See, that, I do the same and thing. So it's, it's the more first of place like, I, hey, it's a reunion. So who do, you, who do you hang with? Who do you like and who do you rate in, in the comedy world now? Who do you like? seeing do stand up you know what my favorite comedians are comics who don't do what i do which is basically like comics that get very controversial political comics that that touch on topics that like yeah uh, i've intentionally avoided in order to maintain the it's a stylistic the choice i mean yeah. gaffigan's like that as well jim gaffigan who i don't know if you know jim but mm -hmm. jim is is like he's as cranky and cussy as any other comedian you know but he said, he I made a show. He keeps his show totally clean. He keeps it, you know, family friendly. Leno is the same. I mean, Leno can cuss like a sailor, you know, anytime you. Oh, you, I've seen someone scratch one of his cars. He can cuss. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but he doesn't do that in his act. No, he keeps he it. Keeps it, keeps it. Friendly. I wish I could. I keep trying and then it just one or two slip out every time. I remember uh, I was talking to Jim, Jim Jeffries is one of my favorites. Bill he's Burr, he's a terrific Jim Jeffries, comic, Bill yeah. Burr, uh, Tom Segura. These are know, all great guys. Chappelle. I yeah. mean, you know, I, I love yeah. I love these performers. They're incredible. I was doing um, Jim Jeffries show, and after the show was over, you know, we're in the bathroom. <laughs> I'm just standing there. I go, I go, Jim, can I just tell you something, man? I go, I go, I envy your freedom on stage to say anything you want and feel feel good about it he looks at me and he goes i envy your money <laughs> i'm like all right <laughs> yeah that's that's fair i think that's oh, say my friend all right <laughs> do you ever think about doing a, a show where you could just unleash from like time that? to time i will you know uh I, I won't keep it as squeaky clean as let's say jim gaffigan would but right. you know in my in my set i will uh I, I do cuss in my show. I mean, I'll do a you show. Know, yeah, it doesn't come across like you're doing a clean show. It just, it's, it's, but it's not every other word. You know, there's some right. comics that it's like a tick. It's just, it comes out every two seconds. But right. I'm very selective. So if I'm telling a story where there's a big statement to be made and I insert it there, right. then it's like, okay, you know. Right, use it, it for and, what and it's, it's for. And it's impactful. It's right. like, oh, he doesn't use that a lot. He, he dropped his F-bomb card. Right. You know, but it's not 
you know, it's no, not I, I think you're right because then it, then it's got some power. It, it, if you yeah. use it all the time, it just it hasn't got any power. Do you ever go and see comics? Like I know some people like hang out in the comedy store. I've never been able to hang like that. I can't really do it. You know, do you do you hang with other comedians? You know what? The, the comedy store is one of those places that. In the beginning, I always felt like it was super clicky, and I, yeah. I, 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 I didn't feel like I fit in. Right. There was always these groups of comics, and I just like, ah, uh, should I? It, it felt really off. Yeah, it's scary. It's like high school, yeah. isn't it? I, exactly. Like, I you. hated it. Yeah, Thank yeah. you. I, I got a chance to perform there recently, and uh, I had a great time. It was really, really cool. Yeah, because you're uh, one of the biggest comics in the fucking well, world. That's why. <laughs> like everybody's like, oh, yeah, hey, it's fine. Hey, That'll hey. kiss your it's, ass it's different. It was, it was different now, yeah. yeah. But, uh yeah, I was never one to to hang out. I, I didn't want to hang out at the club. I wanted to just go in, do my thing. If there was somebody that I enjoyed watching, I'd watch them. But then, let me just leave to not get caught up in in things. Yeah, I think that's I think that's very smart because the I think also it's very stand up comedian to be honest because I think they are solitary animals. We're kind of lone predators, really. And then the idea of that we'd all be... It's when people say, the Hollywood community is full of evil, twisted people. I'm like, have you ever been to Hollywood? There's no fucking community in show business. <laughs> you all these people Everybody's are out for, themselves. out for themselves. Like, oh yeah, we all get together and make a decision? No, we don't. You know, there's no, there's no uniformity of thought here, I don't think. Mm. Where would you go... To live, because you still live down in the old neighborhood, right? Yeah, I still live in Long Beach. I uh, I live literally four minutes away from where I basically, you know, grew up. I live very close to my my old neighborhood. Is that manageable? Because you got to be highly recognizable down there, and people getting. Well, I guess it's LA. You're in your car a lot. You know what? It's I'm close to where I used to live, but it's not where I used to live. So I it's, it's very, you know, it, yeah, it's no, no, different. I understand. And and yeah. if I think if people know where you're at. That's that's one thing. Uh, people do see me driving around, right. you know, and I, and I frequent the same, you know, Starbucks or wherever, you know, uh, I'm I'm going. It's like, you know, like hey, 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 it's him. Do you ever get uncomfortable with that? Because it's like every time you go out, especially now with the way phones are, you're on. It's like any mistake you make, any little bit of road rage, any picking your nose in the car, any like you know passing gas in the line at Starbucks. I'm not saying I've ever done that, but I might have. You know, everybody's gonna record you we got good days and we have bad days if i'm not feeling good i try not to go out but it doesn't mean that i'm not gonna have a moment of of weakness where i'm i'm you know getting upset over the way someone's driving or 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 somebody messing with you at the because i have people that will mess with me intentionally at the drive-thru and i'm trying to maintain and it's, and it's hard sometimes because yeah. people want to challenge you they want to get a rise out of you well yeah because and that, they're holding your food hostage right, like i already I, paid for this can i just get my thing say hey say hi to my say hi to my sister say hi to my sister man she's your biggest fan like, like, hi sister give me, give me the food your, your brother has my food and if i don't say hi he's not gonna give me my food oh. hey matt throw some ranch while, while is, i'm talking to your sister so, so then it's like now up. it's like a negotiation <laughs> like oh I'm no trying to negotiate to get my food so i gotta don't you have staff you should have staff i but see that's the thing though is that i don't want to i don't want to have to rely on staying in my own little box and sending people out to the real world to go get me things. I don't, that then that feels like I'm disconnected. I'd rather go out there and if nothing else, it'll be a story. Yeah. You know what I, I mean? I'd rather, I'd rather, I still want to live. The only time I get concerned is if, if I have my dogs with me, which is most of the time and right. people. Do you have your people, dogs with you today? I was going to bring them. Yeah, oh man. I was going to bring them. They've been on a lot of TV shows. Um, <laughs> so the, you have chihuahuas? Yes. yes I have I German do. shepherds. I oh, think they should. You, you have 
real dogs. They're pretty good, actually. You, you can't I mean, put them you, in your hoodie. You, you can't I can, put I them can in. Put, I can put my dogs in my hoodie. <laughs> but you can actually get your, you could send a German Shepherd out to buy you a hoodie. Nice. Like, yes, okay, which color would you like? I shall return <laughs> presently with the correct change. <laughs> I love that you gave that, that dog the accent. It's German. <laughs> What, what accent do you have? I don't know. <laughs> you don't have a... Come on, you have a voice for everything. you got to have a voice for your dog. Yeah, yeah, I do. You don't it have is, to share it with me. I don't want to... No, but, the, but it's not I don't like, want to hold, be the guy holding your yeah, food Yeah, you're holding the my food through. right now. No, I have... I have. You know, I'll do the little... Like, I got, you know, the, 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 hey, daddy, I want this or that. But they don't have, like, accent. Like, oh, papa, why don't you put me in your hoodie? Right, right. It's right. not like... Yeah, no, I didn't I, make my dog. I, I, I feel bad now. I feel like I forced you into over that. Mexican, my dogs. No, what's your problem? They're Mexican yeah, dogs, yeah, though, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. Did you have them growing up? From the age of twelve until now, I've always had a Chihuahua. How long did Chihuahuas live? You know what? Small dogs live a long time. Yeah, they go for a while. They huh? live a long time. I had one Chihuahua that lived to be almost nineteen. Wow. My oldest right now, she's gonna be. She's right around seventeen. Um, okay. And the other one's twelve. Okay, so, you know, like German Shepherds, 12, that's kind of... The bigger the dog. Yeah. yeah. That's why I won't have, like, I like big dogs, but you can't, you gotta, they just break your heart. Uh, so I have two German Shepherds and a Jack Russell. Okay. Which is... Very like, different. It's like an Irish Chihuahua. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck are you looking at, you fucking bastard? You fucking Chihuahua, yours it. But they are crazy. Are your dogs aggressive? They're aggressive whenever someone comes near me. If someone uh, approaches me, like quick, like yeah. hey, that's why any of the oh my god, ah, that they they react to. So to that's that. why you keep them in your hoodie, in the hoodie, or yeah. you know, in, in the car and stuff like that. So whenever somebody approaches the car, I'm concerned more so for my dogs, not so much for me. Yeah, you, you know? don't travel with security or anything like that. Or maybe on the road, right? Uh, it depends on where I'm at. When I was in Mexico City performing, I had four armed guards, which I thought was excessive. But well, they're like, things can get a little like, kidnappy down there sometimes. You know, I mean, yeah, it's like if know, you're a high-profile individual, they can individual. get you here too, though. It's, yes, they can. It's not like it's not like a kidnapper can't say, "Let's not talk about this. It's freaking me out. I don't know why I even brought this up. You know? I'm fucking talking about kidnapping now. I'm worried about kidnappers." I've had a I had a break-in in December. They broke into my house, and I thought. My place was like solid. I would fucking move if if someone broke into my house. I'd fucking leave. And it's one of those things where people say, "Oh well, what, what did they take?" I go, "They took my peace of mind." Is what they took. Yeah, I'll bet. you know, I had a giant. I still have it. Giant fence that surrounds the property. Multiple camera systems. Yeah. A security system. Two chihuahuas. And still, you know, I, I'm lucky that they weren't home. Yeah. I had them with me, so I yeah. was like, okay, just look at the oh bright side. God. But as far as, as traveling with security, you know, it depends on. I don't think that I need an actual like team of people, but it's always good to have somebody there to just be the go between where like if a bunch of people approach, Hey, okay, he'll take a picture. Can you get them all in line? Like folks, please get together, form a line. He'll be happy to take a photo. Right. Keep the peace. You know what I mean? Before yeah. it gets chaotic. Cause if I get people coming at me from every angle and then again, if I have my dogs with me, I'm only worried about my dogs. Are you romantically involved right now? I mean, I'm not going to... No, no. I was in a relationship for almost 13 years. You know, I'm still good friends with my ex, but... Right. How long ago did that end? Been a few years now. About yeah. four, four or five. That's time, man. You know? So yeah, it's we're, time. We're, get we're, out there. We're, we're cool. Yeah. But, no, um, I mean, it's time. It's time you get out Oh, there. start going out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've gone out a couple times. I got a times. nice girl for you in Scotland. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've gone out on a few dates and it's just like, okay. And I'm like... I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. I'm going to go home and set my thermostat to whatever temperature I want, and 
I'm going to play with my dogs. I'm going to fart and just call it a night because I can. You can do that when you're married to ah. a little bit. Yeah, no, I, hear I don't want to be obligated to to do things that don't make me feel like a, a better person. Why the fuck should you get away with it? I'm just making up my mind that I don't I don't think I want to I, I don't want to do the relationship thing anymore. It's just, okay. I'm, I'm okay. That, you know, it's fine. At it's first, good. when I when I first broke up, oh man, I was just like, I I want I want someone. I need. I've never been alone. Right. And uh, you know, it took some time to get used to that and appreciate it. Do you have a space? Do you think in your life if someone blows blows your mind to, to come in I'm, like I'm that? I'm not gonna say never or or right. no, but I uh, I haven't met that. You know, that hasn't happened yet. Right. And it has to be somebody that's on board with with what I do. You well, I think I mean? it's going to be fair. You know, anyone who meets you is going to know what you do. It's not like you go and so. What do you do, Gabriel? Uh, do you have a? Do you, where do you work? But you like, know, even know. in the past, you know, when I was, I, I've been doing this now twenty six years, so I've had a couple of relationships where they knew what I did, and I tried to explain, "Hey, look, you, you think it's cool and it's fun right now, but it's gonna get crazier." Yeah, I'm gonna be working more. There's gonna be more opportunities, and I don't want to say no. To potential opportunities because you don't, you know, you're going to miss me or, or this or that. Right. You know? No, no, I no, no. I, I get it. I get right. it. Yeah. And unfortunately, and, in, in, you know, it, it got to a point where there was a lot of resentment. I remember I, I had gotten a, a deal with Netflix for uh, for a sitcom. And when I told her about it, she goes, well, I'm happy for you, but I'm not happy for us. Why? She says, because that's just more time that you're away. And I'm just like, all right, now I'm feeling Bad for bad about getting a sitcom getting deal. Getting a sitcom deal. Yeah, that's not so good. And so it's like, <sighs> yeah, you know. See, my wife, if I said I, I got a deal with Netflix, she'd say, "How much is it?" <laughs> and I tell her, she go, "That's so great. I'm so proud of you." <laughs> so there are people out there that are, you know, going to be very cool with you getting. But, but a then Netflix too, deal. I I don't know who to trust. You know, because they're they're meeting yeah, they're tragedy. meeting this one yeah, right yeah. here versus but that's like, who you trying, are, trying to be a mystery. But it's who you are. Like I remember once when I was in I can't remember who I was I was dating some girl years and years ago. I've been married forever. But years ago and somebody said to me, She's just gone out with you because of who you are. And I'm like, But that's who I am. So of course she's going. Well, I don't want her to go out with me because I'm somebody else. So I don't think it, it's it's not that big a deal. What if you find like a like a, a female comedian? Uh, the... Ooh. <laughs> oh God, no, no, God, no. Oh. <laughs> Why? Because then she would mm -hmm. understand the game, and you know, no. Okay, man, I'm sorry. No, man, I don't be sitting there at the dinner table and she's trying to tag my shit. I'm like, nah, 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 nah we're good. We're oh, good. I feel, I feel You know, if you, if you said that, ugh. I feel bad, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But I do think, you seem to me, like, I don't know you very well, we've talked a couple of times, but you, you seem to me, and you come across as a very warm, loving, sensible human being. And maybe that's what human beings are like when they're not in relationships. Maybe yeah. they're fair. I don't know. I do remember I talking to, do you know the Broadway performer Kristen Chenoweth? I know the name. She's very talented, big star on Broadway. And I remember her talking about, she was, you know, very committed to being single. And she was talking about what she does requires rest and solitude that and a relationship doesn't afford her. Mm. Do you think that's true? I think it depends on who you're with. Well, yeah. Because, you know, and then also too, there's, because in the beginning, in the beginning, it's always great. It's always great in the beginning. You're both 
both trying to make each other as happy as possible. Right. You're both giving it everything. And then little by little, you know, one starts giving more and one starts giving less. And then that's when you start getting that divide. So right. I think it depends on where you're at, where you get that piece. All right. All right. Because towards the end of mine, it was just, you know, <laughs> it was so. Oh, when they go so, bad, they yeah. go bad. Yeah. It's it's like fish. It, once it goes off, it ain't coming back. It ain't coming, <laughs> it ain't coming back. No, I know. But I, I do miss that whole uh, being close to someone, having, you know, being able to just, you know, sit on a couch. You put your leg on somebody. Yeah. You know, like, hey, you know, that, I mean, stuff like that. I do, I do miss simple little things, a little car ride. Well, you know, I think it. What it is is that it has some whoever for me anyway because I've been in a one successful relationship and a bunch of relationships that weren't so successful and it seems to me that the person has to be your friend like that like your partner has to be your friend too and if you say hey I just got a deal at Netflix I'm really excited about that they would be really excited for you to genuinely and if it was something that was going to get in the way you go well I'm going to have to come to the set now. You know what I mean? It's like, it's to be part of it. But sometimes, do you find it easy to share your success with someone who's close? I used to try to share as much of it as I could. And then for some reason, it felt like I was bragging through their eyes. It, it didn't feel like I was sharing anymore. I felt like, oh, am I coming across like a like I'm bragging to this person? Is, yeah. it, is it sharing? How are they looking at it? Because the good for you's and way to go started you know it was less and less and less yeah and it was more so like am i making this person feel bad because i continue to like things started just snowballing where it's like oh my god and then this happened today and then this happened today and then with success comes like opportunities to meet people to do different things yeah. and, and experiences and you're just like wow and the only person I was able to totally just share things with was my mom. And she was never going to look at it like, you know, and I couldn't, there's no way I could brag to my mom. Right. Oh, look at you, world traveler, oi. <laughs> look at you. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Can't even pick up a phone to call his, you know, it was. Yeah. It was oh, you so, listen, you don't have to explain that yeah. mom thing to me. I, I totally understand. But sharing your, what you do with people, I found that I, I had to, cut back because I was not making people happy by sharing. Yeah. And and I'm just like, well, you know, uh, are people happy for me? Not happy? You know, it, it, and it just it some felt, are, some it are. felt weird. Uh, yeah, some, I mean, success is a, is a weird thing. Not, it's that thing Bette Midler said. Not everybody, the, the, one of the most disappointing things about success is finding out that not everybody is happy for you. That actually. That is, that is very true. It's a little different. You, sir, are a joy. I really love talking to you. And whatever you've got going on. I would tell you, but I don't want to feel bad about it. No, I think I think whatever <laughs> I think whatever you got going on is I cool. I would tell you, but you know how it is. You know, it's so I'm oh, so God. I can't tell you. See, I've lapsed into the German dog accent now in order to disguise how I truly feel. <laughs> it's been great talking to you, man. Continued success. I hope you get that record. Of the giantest, biggest thing in the world. I, I think it will be... I, I got to see what that next big goal is going to be. But until then, I'm just going to... I think take play know. a state. You know, like, like if you go into a stadium, I think the next thing is to start with a small state. So like, I'm going to play uh, Rhode Island. Oh, my God. And, and it's the whole it's state. It's the whole has, state. The whole state has to be there. Yeah. And then you can work your way up to Texas or something. <laughs> but start in Rhode Island, just a small state. And then, you know, see how it goes. 
You're a good man, Gabe. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.